To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings podcast from Newstalk ZB. My Tuesday morning started quite well. It's not raining. Sun's out. Nice drive into the city. And then I got to work (laughs) and read the story from Wellington about the brakes being hit on the Wellington speed reduction plan after a councillor spotted that the cost-benefit analysis had been overstated by $250 million. So they've gone back to the drawing board after the benefits were overstated by $250 million. The whopping error means that papers that were sent out for public consultation are worth a little more than toilet paper. Consultation will be halted and it's back to square one for a new speed management plan. The fact that a cost-benefit analysis can be overstated by a numpty by $250 million is staggering, isn't it? To make an accounting error a maths error of that magnitude. And everyone goes, oh, okay, all right, yeah, great. If we lower the speed limit around the inner city to 30 kilometres an hour, we're going to save $250 million. No, you're not. Not at all. Nothing like it. How much will we save it? Nobody knows. It's back to square one. So the time and money wasted on this is indicative of so many, many stuff-ups, abandoned plans and utter incompetence at a public service level. I mean, this is relatively minor in terms of the cost. But there is still a cost involved in terms of the time and the money spent on drawing up this plan and based on completely fabricated numbers. Here's another example, this one from Auckland. Auckland Transport spent months in Westland Shopping Village digging up Richmond Road, realigning the footpaths, car parks and pedestrian crossings, moving the bus stops, removing car parks, adding a dedicated cycle lane on both sides of the street and was it a bucolic cyclist paradise? No, it wasn't. In a shocking twist. Some of the shops flooded every time it rained because they built them with slopes from the road down to the shop doors. I'm no civil engineer, but even I know that water runs downhill. So there were sandbags all along the the shops. The cycle lanes are unsatisfactory and unsafe. The the sighting of the new bus stops was highly controversial, and it's questionable how much traffic has been calmed. AT said they know they got it wrong, and they're going to have to remake this section of the project. How did it happen? Well, there were issues with the design drawings. Issues. Again, nobody picks it up. Nobody thinks... Hang on a minute, water runs downhill. Should we, should we have sloping sections of footpath heading down to the shops? So it got absolutely buggered up and it was going to cost between 23 and 35 million dollars to fix the three kilometres of cycleway that barely anybody used. And who knows if it costs 23 to 35 million was probably more. But that was a stuff up. Design issues. 
Here's another one from 2022. Legal action against Cycle Lanes in Wellington has been settled out of court. Local businesses had brought a judicial review against the programme to connect Newtown and the city. Last month, the High Court granted an interim order to put the work on hold. The action's now been withdrawn on the condition that three weeks of community consultation goes ahead. Any work on the bike lanes won't restart till August, and Wellington City Council had no comment. Don't know how much that cost, but I imagine High Court action is not cheap. Of course, the Newtown to City Cycleway is nothing compared to the Island Bay Cycleway fiasco. That is Wellington City Council's biggest embarrassment, subject of astronomical budget blowouts, court action, safety concerns, and a really deeply divided community. Then we've got $50 million wasted on the Boomer Bridge to Birkenhead. You've got the $851,069 paint job in West Auckland's intersection. Remember that one? Under the Official Information Act, The controversial Henderson Streets for People trial has cost taxpayers and Auckland ratepayers a total of $851,069, $500,000 in construction costs separate of any materials, and $192,666 in blue paint that nobody wanted or asked for. That isn't working. So just off the top of my head, for for those projects that we have sums for. That's not even counting the ones where we don't know how much it cost. $86 million in incompetence. That, that is real money that you and I have earned, have generated, have paid in rates and taxes that they have squandered. And they're not sorry. There's no sense of shame or apology or we generate, you know, we are so sorry. We know you're working 14 hours to, to make this money, to make your income that you then give to us in a sacred trust for us to spend and use wisely. None. No sense of shame at all. Those are just cycleways. You know, once I would just love to add it up, even if you take any five-year you know, five period and look at the money wasted across the country, across councils, government... Thank you for asking. $235,000 on a COVID social media listening report to pick up on our concerns about social media. $800,000 for a job expo run by the Ministry of Social Development. 126 people attended. The prop number zeros that were commissioned as part of the government's Road to Zero campaign, which isn't going so well. The playground at Parliament, $572,000, which was $172,000 over an already generous $400,000 budget. $2.1 million for a, a lease on the controversial Three Waters Auckland HQ. I mean, can we start adding it up? Have you got any more examples? It just so that eighty six million, eight hundred and sixty million dollars. How much was it? How much did I say? Who cares, really? I just call me a city council cost benefit analysis employee. Was it um, eighty six million dollars? Just naming four different traffic calming projects, and it's probably more than that.
probably much, much more than that. I just, my lovely morning turned to custard, really, when I started a cursory search of money wasted. When most of us are having to tighten our belts as the cost of living bites, when it's harder to do business, it's harder to make money for people who actually do stuff, make stuff, sell stuff, people who generate an income, we then give it under duress to the council and the government and what do they do with it? They squander it irresponsibly and I want people to be accountable for that. I want people to own up, say where they got it wrong, say how they've fixed it, say that it won't happen again because it's been happening time and time and time again. In the same way that those nameless, faceless individuals at Inbe stopped people from being with loved ones when they were dying, denied people passage across the Auckland border. Faceless, nameless people made those decisions. They were never accountable for them. And in the same way, all that money that you and I are working hard to make are trying to hold on to as much as possible so we can pay the mortgage and we can buy the groceries, we can fill the car and we can pay our taxes and pay our rates. They have no respect for us or for the work that's required to generate that sort of money. They see it as some public purse that they can dip into, make mistakes, oh, bit of a stuff up there, without any accountability and it has to stop. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.